Thank you for another another show of Black Men Ventures Fireside Chat. We have Alan Johnson here. Uh, from, uh, tell me, tell me more about tell me more about. Let me speak. Let me let me open the floor to you. Tell me more about you and, yeah. and, and who you are. Yeah. First of all, thanks for having me, John. Um, yeah. You know, I um, you know, I never want to take these opportunities to talk for granted and opportunities to share for granted. So thank you for your time. And uh, and 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 your 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 opportunity uh, to share on your platform. Um, I've been watching Black Man Ventures really from the from the beginning, um, and to see you guys have evolved here um, just lets me know that you know you guys are just doing wonderful work. And you know I'm a I'm a I'm a father first. Um, you know I am a, a husband. Um, I'm a son. Um, I am a business owner, entrepreneur. I'm an author. Um, I'm an investor. Um, I'm a community, community leader. Um, I, I'm a, I'm a uh, owner of a nonprofit, director of a nonprofit. I don't think you ever own a nonprofit. You direct a nonprofit. Um, yeah, um, I am an average golf player. Okay. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, you know all all those things. I think you know the beautiful thing about my life and the beautiful thing about real estate, which is, you know, I think the what. You know, people really know me for uh, age 18 Realty um, is that you have to be a little bit um, a little bit uh, just multifaceted. Right. And I think the best businessmen are, are multi. We're singularly focused, but multifaceted. Gotcha. Gotcha. And when you see and that's great when you say uh, singly focused, but multifaceted, multifaceted within the same industry or just multifaceted as far as just an individual who you are. How do you think about the world? Like. I'm interested to learn learn a little bit more about that statement. Yeah, I think um, Wes, for me, I, I've I've been able to learn at the feet of my father, right? And my father was an entrepreneur, is an entrepreneur. Um, you know, I grew up in Charlottesville, Virginia, um, mm -hmm. Weezer County to be exact, which is just outside of Charlottesville. And uh, he owned a landscaping business. And as I went to school at George Mason, he started to morph into more owning real estate. Um, and the one thing that I saw in my dad is he was successful at both of those businesses because he was able to um, he was able to talk on a lot of different levels. Right. He was able to connect with people on many different levels. And when I say multifaceted, you know, that's what I've been able to do. Um, and that's where a lot of my successes has come from. You know, a lot of a lot of doors have opened simply because I was interested, simply because I've known people, simply because. You know, I've been more interested in them um, being, than being interested in myself. So, you know, when I say multifaceted, it's just more of just being open um, to the people that, you know, you have the, the opportunity to be around. And, and, and real estate has been the, 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 the thing that I've been really, really good at. Right. And that's the thing yeah. that I've been I've always tried to, um, to to hang my hat as being a professional on um, all these other things are good opportunities. But, um, you know, being really good at one thing and driving at that one thing for a long time um, can can lead to some to many opportunities, especially in business. That's great, man. And I have a question because it hit me real quick when you just said something. It was you um, you made a statement about um, as far as like uh, the evolution of focusing more on the, 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 the building the relationships aspect. Right. And. I'm, I'm interested to know during your path, what was that thing that hit you to say, you know, um, I'm more people focused than just the business? Because as entrepreneurs, we can get really tied in and bogged down by the business. 
and not think about the people, right? Was that something that you came to learn, like watching your father? Or is that just something that evolved as you got older as a, as a business owner and matured as a business owner? Yeah, so yeah, certainly learned, learned, learned watching my father. I vividly remember like when we would go places, he would know someone everywhere. Right. Mm -hmm. And when I was young, it used to irritate me because I just wanted to go. I want to go home. I wanted to, want to go play video games. I want to go with my friends. But my dad was always talking to someone. And now my kids say the same thing about me. Like, literally, I cannot go anywhere. I can go out of state and meet somebody. Right. I can go out of the country. And and I've always heard my dad say he, he, he never he, he never went somewhere where he didn't have a friend or he couldn't make mm -hmm. a fast friend or didn't have a connection. Um, and yeah. what we don't tell a lot of people is that's a skill set, right? Yeah, that is something that literally can get you paid, right? If you honor it and and, and you do it well. Um, and I didn't know that I was learning the art of people, which is the art of sales, right? Yeah. And that's what we do primarily is real estate sales. My wife and I run AJ Team Realty. This year we'll sell a hundred. Oh, I'm sorry, two hundred and thirty uh, homes at uh, over a hundred million dollars worth of volume. Wow. Um, and a majority of that, and that's just this year, right? Yeah. A majority of that business uh, is comes from long relationships, come from right. people that I meet, whether it's someone that I met, you know, 10 days ago that I've had to establish um, mm -hmm. authority, yeah. um, um, getting to know them, um, mm -hmm. or someone that I've known for years, um, almost yeah. decades at this point. Wow. Wow. And I'm assuming you meet, you meet people golfing as well. <laughs> you people definitely, definitely very strategic. I, although I love golf, um, yeah. you, you, you get to learn a lot about a person over four hours of playing golf with them. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure. No, that's so great, man. It's so great to hear. Now, like every time I think about the business, well, I always think about how we have to kind of put more focus and conversation on the development side of it of who you are, the development side of honing on those skills, just as much as we're uh, looking at the business side of making money, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm glad you touched on that because it's like a very important topic. Um, so you said you grew up in, in Charlottesville. Like, yeah. what, how did that environment mold you? You said your dad was an entrepreneur, obviously. So mm -hmm. you've seen entrepreneurship skills and traits, and um, you wasn't only looking at or seeing people from a nine to five. You actually seen a, somebody that built their own business. Yeah. How, how did that mold you, you know, I would say, and Charlottesville, how, how did growing up in Charlottesville mold you? Well, I, I grew I grew up, um, I grew up in, I grew up around in the surrounding area, but my dad okay. ran a landscaping business that was based in the, in the, in Charlottesville, right? In Charlottesville, right. Was there. Mm -hmm. So growing up in Charlottesville was, was great for me because it was, it was U University of Virginia is in Charlottesville. Mm -hmm. um, and I was able to see um something that was different than most right so I, I i always knew that i was going to be college bound i always knew that i was going to go to this place to further my education which ended up being george mason university mm -hmm. um but seeing it being able to drive past a, you know an institution of, of higher learning um, and the repetition of probably seeing it often too was was, was great <laughs> right but I, distinctly i knew that i you know i was first generation college um that you know so that your father didn't go to college did not no my dad um my dad's got a crazy story my dad um uh graduated from a segregated school because uh in, in virginia his county fluvanna county was one of the last schools that that integrated 
Wow. Um, my mom integrated, helped integrate her school in Charlottesville. Wow. Um, my dad taught himself how to read um, uh, after high school. Um, you know, um, he taught at the same time he was teaching me how to read, right? Um, I, uh, he, was a, he was a meat manager at Safeway in Charlottesville, uh, ended up like just being a natural born, I can get it done right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, outside of, um, outside of being a meat manager, he would always have these people that he met and people that he was having these wonderful conversations with that really liked him. And in a conversation, someone asked him if he could do some, you know, some handyman work. Well, my dad said, I, you know, I can figure it out. Went and did yeah, it. Yeah. He got hired. Um, and then that's how he ended up building his business. Um, wow. I talked to my dad a lot about how, what that, what was that journey from being, um, being an Worker. employee to an employer. Oh, yeah. Right. And, um, he, uh, he, he just talks about the fact that, you know, you just, you know, you got to fill a need, right. And that once you fill that need, you got to put everything that you can into it. Um, so, you know, Growing up, seeing my dad, um, it's funny. You said a nine to five, or well, being an entrepreneur is a nine to niner, right? Yes. Right. Yes. You know, a lot of people don't understand the sacrifice, but I saw the sacrifice, right? Right. Every day, I was the kid that was, you know, on on at the end of the month, I was licking, you know, licking envelopes and sending sending out invoices. Um, you know, I was the kid that was, you know, uh, on the back of the truck, you know, yeah, you were involved, yeah, grabbing the. The lawnmower and, and 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 you know as an employee so not only did i have the benefit but i also saw the work and i think that you know as as a, as a I, young I, I, want, I want to ask you a question i want yes. to ask you a question i want real quick now a lot of people in the entrepreneurship world may be struggling to make that leap did you feel that seeing the benefits seeing that this thing can work firsthand did that play a role in when you were ready to you know, make that leap, right? And my next question is, what is it? Is there anything that mentally that's there that you think, um, from your experience, that you just think that we just are blocking, right? We just, we just think these things exist and they really don't exist as far as blockage, as far as entering or starting a business. Is there anything there that you think is holding us back? I would say mentally, as as far as a community that that is kind of like. Why don't you jump off? Why don't you do that? Yeah. Um, so yeah, certainly me seeing it, modeling it helped for sure. Um, being able to have um, my dad be a mentor um, and also be someone who I could I could go talk to him about right. what was going on, even though he wasn't in my industry, it helped my mindset, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I knew that you know, that I had what was in me. I, I had what I needed in me to be able to succeed. I knew that, right? right. I, I remember the day that I made the conscious decision two years out of college to George Mason to go into into the real estate business and really go into, you know, into real estate sales. And my dad was the first person I called when I made mm-hmm. that decision. So to those first two years, did you work for somebody else? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was. I, I worked in used car sales in Fairfax, Virginia for two years. Okay. Which sales and i think sales is a wonderful place for young entrepreneurs to start because it is a base it is it is a base your your, your commission base mm-hmm. and you know it, it it gets you it gets those juices flowing it gets you used to not having a consistent check you yeah. have to save and you got to do those things so you know two years in i went straight into real estate mm-hmm. um and then what do i think 
could, you know. So you, why did you pick real estate? What, what was the thing that made you pick real estate? Um, so I picked real estate because my dad was in real estate, but he wasn't necessarily in real estate sales. So my dad owned real estate, but he wasn't in real estate sales. Right. Okay. Um, so I was I was familiar with it. Uh, what also I, I, I and it was, you know, uh, I've told the story before when I graduated from George Mason, my dad said, hey, I got a graduation gift for you when you're ready. Right. Mm -hmm. That's, he, he left it like that. Mm -hmm. And um uh, you know, two years and I kind of forgot about it. And, you know, I was, you know, talking to him about perhaps buying a house. He said, all right, I, now you're ready for your graduation gift. And I said, well, what is it? So my dad gifted me $10,000 to buy my first house. Wow. And I think oftentimes we, we don't, right. We yeah. don't have that person that has the site to say, I could give you this for that, but I'm going to give you this for this, which was yes. um, buying a house. Um, and then I ended up getting to real estate because I had a horrible experience. Like I, you know, it's real estate sales. I tried to go buy a house. You know, I wasn't really feeling the person I was working with. I don't you know, real estate. Yeah. I don't think they were really necessarily, you know, um, taking me as seriously as I need, as I needed them, needed them to, mm -hmm. um, kept coming, kept coming back to the fact that, you know, um, maybe this is a sign that I don't need to go buy some real estate. And, um, that really? the day when I came to, to the dealership. Uh, the first person who came to buy a car for me was a young Latino realtor, right? Mm -hmm. uh, I just, you know, I believe that God moves and I believe that, you know, that the spirit, you know, puts people in front of you. And I decided yeah. that I was going to buy a, a house through him. And simultaneously, I went to Nova, uh, Nova Community College and got my real estate license. And as soon the day I settled on my house, um, I knew that I was going to be a real, I was in real estate sales because I, it wasn't that I was doing the job. It was that I could see myself doing it. Doing it, right, right. I could see myself doing it. And I was like, oh man, I know all these people from George Mason. I got great relationships with. And They're all gonna have to buy situation. It was just that specific situation that gave you that spark because you were going through the process of buying your own home. Yep, that was it. Wow. Wow. Man, that's power. <laughs> all it takes is a spark, man. A spark can come from anywhere. It can. Yeah. I'll be ready for it. Yeah, you gotta be ready for it. Yeah, and you gotta see it. It seemed like immediately when you when you was watching that process, you put yourself there. Right doing because that's I hear a lot of that, right? As entrepreneurs, as builders, we have these ideas, but we never take the next step. Like I'm interested to know, like right after you seen yourself, what did you do? I mean, to the T, did you start working on yourself mentally? Did you start working out like what did you do to prepare for to start that journey and how has it progressed since then yeah so the first thing i did was take the class right so i wanted to i realized i was two years out of school so i really wasn't interested in taking any classes but i knew i was interested in real estate yeah so um I, instead of a we they weren't doing online classes um they were doing evening classes and I knew I wanted to be in a college environment. I knew that's where I learned best. So I went back to a community college to do it. Right. Number two, I saved money. Right. So the blessing was that, you know, in, 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 in uh, used car sales, uh, we worked so much. We worked every weekend we were working every like we had one day off and mm -hmm. I, I was pretty successful at it. So I saved a bunch of money. Right. So, you know, as I was going into real estate, 
I just knew I needed, I, I knew I wanted to be good at it. I knew I, I, I wanted to know what I was doing and I wanted to be a mm -hmm. professional real estate agent um, and not just have a license because there's a distinct difference between two of them, right? A lot of people have license, not a lot of people are professionals, right? Um, number two, um, I wanted to go in and not be hungry for a paycheck. I wanted to, I wanted to go in and work really hard and earn, but I didn't want to be commissioned. I didn't want to have commission breath. Like I wanted mm -hmm. to, when I stepped in front of someone, I didn't want to have to close the sale because I needed a commission check. Yeah. Oh, it's so different. Oh, it's, the, the, the art of not having to worry about money, it, it makes you totally different, you know? And so are you saying that you were able to save up your money and um, before you got into real estate and you, when you got into real estate, you were already in that position. Yeah. So when I, when I got in, when I was going into real estate, I, I remember I had six, remember I bought a house, right? Um, I had six months worth of income saved up. Wow. Now, back then I didn't have kids, you know, yeah. I, was, <laughs> a lot of other things involved. I, yeah. I was a cheap six months. Like I didn't need a whole lot to survive. Yeah. Um, I had my, my cars were used cars. They were paid off. So I, just, I was just paying insurance. Um, I think I had a roommate. In fact, I know I had, I had two roommates at the townhouse that I was living in. So I wasn't paying, you know, full full right. yeah. for, for the place yeah. I was in. I was just preparing myself. So over the next six months, I could just focus on the blocking and tackling of being a new business owner. Yeah. Critical, critical, very strategic, uh, very necessary too, uh, because we jump off and we then, don't realize that it takes a lot to survive as an entrepreneur, especially in the growing stages. So to prepare yourself like, mm, this is about to happen. I need at least six months reserve and actually do that. And within two years, it's pretty, it's pretty incredible. Yep. I know it's probably a different time now, but NFTs and uh, <laughs> it's a lot of different ways you can make money. Coins, uh, it's a lot of different ways you can make uh, investments now. Um, yep. Well, what and speaking about some of those things, are, are you are you diversifying your portfolio into any type of crypto or any type of um, alternative real estate like mixed use uh, spaces or commercial spaces? Are you into any of, of those? Yeah. So uh, my wife and I, we own um, we own a couple of apartment buildings. Um, okay. We do developments. We do ground up development where we build homes actually back in, 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 our, in the area where I grew up. Ground up construction. Um, I Obviously, insurances. I mean, so I want to make sure that they're set. Um, you know, but I, I man, I stick to what I know. You know, I, you know, I, I'm, okay. I come from a sports background, so mm -hmm. uh, you never saw Michael Jordan shooting a bunch of threes. Um, <laughs> he kind of got on that block and did what he did—a little turnaround jumpers mid-range and got. Yeah. To so, you know, and I also saw my dad really focus on just a couple of things. He focused on real estate. He focused on being a business owner, and later in his life, he started to focus on stocks. Um, so, you know, I, I, I know what I know and I know that I'm smart enough that if I don't know it, I need to hire a professional that knows it better yeah. than I do. And yeah. I don't mind paying professionals if I'm going into somewhere that's a little bit different for me. For sure. 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 Yeah, man. Uh, sports. You play sports growing up? I did. You did. I, yeah, I played basketball. Um, I walked on to the basketball team at George Mason University. Um, I learned a lot there as well. You know, being the guy who didn't get a whole lot of playing time, um, you had to learn how to how. Yeah, sports, you know, how has being in whatever role you played in sports 
how has that molded you, right? Because um, I'm, 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 I'm in the same boat. I, I grew up in Brooklyn. I moved to the Hampton Roads area. You're familiar with 757, very big sports area. And that really changed my outlook, like, on my past, right? When I was able to get with uh, an organization and get that molding, get that guidance, and, um, and you know, teaching you patience and all of those different things, right? So, yeah, please share, like, how, how has that, you know, growing up in, in college, how has that helped you, you know, within your, you know, who you are now? Within who you yeah, are. so I got cut from the basketball team my 11th grade year. And my feeling, I'm like, basketball's every, you know, yeah. and if you get cut, you still got to go back to school, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so getting cut, I, it really hurt, it hurt my pride, but it strengthened my resolve, right? Because mm-hmm. I ended up, Going back, I remember that 11th grade year going. My dad said, look, if you love basketball, let's just go get you in any league. I think he ended up getting me in a YMCA league. I was playing with guys who didn't make the basketball team, obviously, like me. But, you know, I was there and I was really I, – I, I knew I loved the game. In my 11th grade year, I'm positive I made the team because I just wouldn't quit. Like, I would not quit. Um, and, you know, I was, you know, I was just going to show up and be a good teammate. Yeah. Um, and I and I played with a really, really good group of guys. And we ended up having mm-hmm. four Division One basketball players on my high school team. Wow. And as I was going to college, you know, playing basketball at that level wasn't really a dream of mine. It was just mm-hmm. I knew I still loved the game. So right. you know, I, I was making great friends at, at the field house at George Mason. I was playing against great guys. And what I didn't know is I was getting better every day. Right. Mm-hmm. I was going to the field house, I was working out, I was playing against guys who were, you know, who were old, old college players. Every mm-hmm. you know, four days a week, we were in there grinding until I got to my junior year. And I um, ended up by happenstance being in, in the gym with Coach Larinaga, who coached Coach L, who coached the Final Four team at George Mason. Yeah. Um, he was there, he was a first year coach. When first year coaches come, they end up blowing up their teams. They end up having opportunities for people to walk on until they can get their recruits in. Yep. Um, and I, he, he, they asked me if I wanted to play. Wow. And I ended up playing on that team and still learning a lot there. You know, and not being a scholarship player was another, you know, thing that you had to walk through. But you still had to put, you know, even though you weren't a scholarship player, you still had to put scholarship effort out, right? Sure, um, sure. And it touches your and it touches your ego as a young man. <laughs> yep, 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 definitely did. Yep, tested me and uh, but what I ended up learning was that I could play at a higher level. Yeah, um, and that um, just because you know delays don't necessarily mean de- denials. Denied. Ooh, good. So you know, for me, you know, I I played. I ended up playing a half a season there. But I learned so much. Um, you know, I, I proved to myself that I could play at the at the highest level. I ended up starting. Mm-hmm. I remember <laughs> um, the same Coliseum that I sat on the bench in high school and didn't play at all. Um, you played in high school. Coming back, no, yeah, four years later, coming back and starting against UVA at that same arena as a college wow. player. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> at home. At home. <laughs> Wow. Yeah, that's going to be a moment. Yeah, that's going to be a moment you ain't going to forget about. No, 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 yeah, no. Yeah, yeah, man, that's awesome. So so more about you as a father. You know, you know, how has that journey been for you? You know, how has that been able to, um, you know, because I'm a father too. You know, I have a three-year-old daughter, uh, 
And um, it really showed me that I had to be more disciplined with my time. Mm -hmm. Right? Um, I had to really map out, you know, my hours. You know, uh, it's no more of that luxury of just, you know, getting things done when you get things done because you have a whole other person right. or people depending on you, right? So that's my outlook on fatherhood. Uh, I love it. Uh, it has its, it has its journeys uh, in entrepreneurship, right? Um, but wonder about you, you know, as an entrepreneur, you're married. Um, you know, how has that, you know, fatherhood has changed you? Uh, how have you adjusted to running a business and being a father? You know, that's a real thing. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, Sydney and Camilla, I have an eight-year-old and a 10-year-old. Um, girl dad, for sure. Um, mm -hmm. And um, I look at it as, as, as an awesome opportunity, right? My, I work, my, my wife is my business partner. Oh. Um, so they get to see us work together, right? They get to see us work together on multiple levels, right? Um, they get to see the late nights, right? The things that I saw my dad do. They get to see the early mornings. They get to see the weekends. They get to see what it really takes because let's be honest, most people want to be entrepreneurs, but if they didn't grow up in an entrepreneurial you know, environment, they don't know what it takes. the work that it takes to be an entrepreneur, the extra yeah. work that it takes. The hours, the long hours. Yeah, man. The long hours, yeah. Yeah, the, vol the, volu the voluntary hours and non-voluntary hours. Yeah, for sure. Right. So, so um, you know, just able to provide my kids with uh, the flexibility and the lifestyle that they have um, has been a blessing. Um, you know, being able to, um, you know, take week long vacations. Last year, I talked to my wife and last year um, we just celebrated our 13 year anniversary literally uh, a couple of days ago. Oh, yeah, congratulations. Thank you, brother. Yeah. Um, my wife reminded me that she had been on some type of vacation or trip every month this year, right? Wow. And, <laughs> but it's taken us 18, it's taken us 18 years of real estate to get to that point. To get to that point, yeah. Right. So, you know, uh, but it's worth it. It's worth it, right? It, because it's no amount of time that you know you can put on being free, right? Especially if you're gonna work you know, 40, 50 years for somebody else. Right. You might as well at least work 20 years for yourself and, you know, free. You know, it, it's worth it at the end of the day, you know, um, being able to show your, your kids something and show them that you all can do it together and you all enjoy it. Right now, you, you're, you're able to express on upon your kids and your legacy so you know that, that to me that's what it's about you know as far as our community um we we need to hear more stories like that like we need to hear the the family yeah. Delays does not mean denials. Have you experienced any of that during that journey in real estate that you wanted to do something maybe in the earlier years that you were maybe denied on and then now you're able to do that? I'm assuming larger developments is probably one of the biggest things, but 
I'll let you talk about that if you can name one scenario or one example if you can. Yeah, so I mean, being in sales business is one of those things where you, you start from you start from scratch every month, right? You start from mm -hmm. scratch every year. Like you rewrite your goals, and no one cares about what yeah, last year, year before. <laughs> last year. <laughs> every year you're performing again. So, right. um, you know, I remember writing big goals down, like goals of breaking through selling a hundred homes a year, a year, and breaking through selling, you know, a certain amount of volume. And remember feeling like, how am I going to get this done? How am I going to get all this done? And feeling the pressure. Breakthrough she ended up by you know serendipity ended up leaving where she was and then having some free time and then ended up joining me about five years ago mm -hmm. um six years ago now and you didn't report? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's good. and and i remember um i remember when i started to share a dream it became the pressure of the dream ended up not being as, I didn't have to have all the answers, right? So mm -hmm. um, the delay for a lot of people is that you are probably trying to do too much on your own. Mm -hmm. And, um, and <laughs> things that we've done, like that have been great projects that, that have been, we, we own apartment buildings that we turned into Airbnbs. We got a couple of more apartment buildings that are under contract. We're doing ground up construction. We've got an 18 unit, you know, that, that we're, you know, we're probably about a year away from breaking ground on. Everything is uh, everything's in a partnership. Your role within that partnership. You don't have to do and that allows you to do more. I can't do everything. Like I don't like, I don't have the time to do everything. I don't have time to run this business. Right to run this $100 million real estate business, uh, volume-based business, and then also, um, you know, figure out how to be a developer. So, right. you know, I, I always say you're one introduction away, um, but it's not only that you're one introduction away; you're one valued relationship away, right? And right. Those relationships that we're doing on the scale are people that I've known for years. Yeah, yeah. my the partner, the partner that I do my apartment buildings with. We played summer basketball with each other at George Mason. So he went to Bucknell University. He would come home every every year and play during the summers with us at George Mason. I knew him when I was 21 years old. Right. Wow. So I've known him for 20 plus years. Um, the ground up construction I do with my dad. Right. We you mm -hmm. know you know we do it together. I, you know um, you know just stop. I'm not breaking through a. a, a a goal or breaking through something is not it's not a what it's often a who mm, that's a good one that's a good one and i believe that that's a good one that's a good one and networking is uh one of the top things that we don't focus more on in our community so i mean even sean you know he's always said make the make the relationship before you need him <laughs> you know and I, uh, that's one thing i when i, when I first met him he said that and i was like man like, so right and, and and intentional about it, not just oh I'm going to need this person in the future because you don't know how you, these relationships are going to evolve. You really don't, right? A lot of relationships I got, I got a, 
uh, somebody that called me yesterday about doing a gig for them um, and partnering with them on something. I haven't told this person in like five years. All right, and it's just like you said, you know, treat these people good, and even over time, they will still remember you when the opportunity presents itself. So, I think you're, I think you're 100 on point with that. And let me go one, let me go one step further. So, yep. oftentimes, and Sean is the king of this. Um, oftentimes, the relationships that you make aren't necessarily for you. Mm -hmm. They're for the people that are around you. They're for your umbrella. They're for the people your circle, right? So. Um, Sean has relationships that will not necessarily pay him dividends that will pay, but will pay me dividends. Right. Mm -hmm. But in turn, if you have the right circle, you got other people that are looking at relation, looking at relationships and opportunities for you, for you. Right. Not just you, not just, you, yeah, not just yourself. Right. They're looking for relationships for people. And I, my business has flourished because, you know, I'll refer people and I'll, you know, I'll put people in contact with each other and never ask for a dime. Right. I know that they're doing multi-million dollar deals and partnerships and things that are furthering, furthering their business. And mm -hmm. we we think that we need a piece of everything. Right. That's what we think. We think that because they're making money and I introduced each other that I should have a piece of that. Well, that's not how great business works. Right. Uh, great relationships work when everyone is interchanging. Everyone's making introductions. And everyone's or if there's an opportunity, they're gonna let me know. If I care yeah. about them and they care about me and they we have relationships, they're not yeah. gonna, they're not gonna they're not gonna leave me out when an opportunity comes, right? But say that how do you determine, you know, if you're you know, if this is an opportunity that you want to be a part of versus forcing or trying to force yourself, you know, force yourself to be a part of that opportunity. That's a good point, you know. You know, you don't have to be a part of everything. So you don't want to step out there and be like, you know, hey, can I get a percentage of this? And this is something that you should just be doing. But also, you don't want to continue to just give out things, right, and not run a business that you're in real estate. Right. So you, you also want to look at deals for yourself as well, right? So yeah. I'm yeah. interested to know how do you determine that a little bit? Yeah, you just have to be able to add a significant amount of value to the, to the opportunity, right? Okay. And an introduction isn't necessarily a significant amount of opportunity very true very true uh, a, a significant a significant amount of value right um you've got to be able to step in and bring something to the table that enhances it right um and you, you just you can't go try to get into every single thing because if you get into every single thing you're not going to get into your main thing mm. we can end it there <laughs> Yeah, if you, if you get into everything, you're never going to get into your main thing. Right. Yeah. So I got one. Yeah. I got one more. I got one more. Uh, yeah. story here. Yeah. So um, I'm also an author. Um, Fifty things your real estate agent should tell you, but probably won't. Um, so I wrote this um, number one because I was getting a whole bunch of questions about real estate. And okay. um, as you grow in business, you don't have as much time, right? So it was much easier for me to say, "Hey, look, I know you got a lot of questions about real estate." Why don't you read the book and then we can do follow up questions from there. So um, it's because where, where, where can they where can they find that book at? On Amazon. On Amazon. It is on Amazon. Okay. Yeah. So um, I wrote that book um, to number one to um, to to talk about how I felt and how I saw real estate. Right. Mm -hmm. Because I do think that I see real estate differently. 
I see real estate as an investor. I see real estate as a property manager. I see real estate as a, as a buyer. I see real, real estate as a seller. I see real estate as a broker. I see real estate as a top 1% broker in the nation. Um, I've seen real estate in 2008 when it crashed. I saw when it was going through the roof. I've yep. seen all types of, I see investment real estate. I see commercial real estate, all those things I own, development. I see it all. So I wrote this book from all of those angles, right? Wow. So each and that pinpoint all of the different ways that you can make, you can enter into the industry with, because those are all jobs that you just made. Those are all, all different jobs. entry points. Those are all jobs, but also opportunities to invest, right? And opportunities right. to be able to, to grow. So the way I wrote the book, it was, it's, it's uh, 50, like one to two page quick hitters, right? So, you know, if you're a seller, you can go into the book. You can, you can pick out the chapter that, that's relevant to you. If you're a buyer who wants to buy an investment property, you can quick, you can hit the, hit the chapter that applies to you. If you got a, a tenant with the, with the issue, if you're doing a renovation, if you're doing a flip, if you're doing a hold, it, it, anything that you want, I'm 90, 5% sure you can find a chapter that will at least allow you to get to the next question that you yeah. need to ask yourself to go there. So we wrote the book. I wrote the book to fund our nonprofit, which is the Be a Blessing Foundation, which goes into Title I schools um, and does mentoring. Uh, Where? And, and, uh, in, in, in Prince William County. Okay. Prince William County. Okay. So what we do is we take our clients with us. Most of them are college grads. They come with us once, once a week. We feed the kids. And I wrote a 33-week curriculum teaching fourth and fifth grade boys about hygiene, uh, confidence, goal setting, uh, how to handle bullying, how to look each other in the eye, how to receive love, how to give love, how to write a business plan, um, you know, just, just a lot of different things. So I wrote, I wrote the book not necessarily for myself, but for something that I wanted to give through our business, right? Wow. And there are a lot of business owners that you have a book in you, but don't write the book because you want to make money off the book. Opportunities are going to come, right? Opportunities are going to come. Write your book, number one, because you need to tell your story and people need to hear your voice, but also yes. because other people are going to be inspired. And the story ends up like this. So uh, my daughter, Camilla, she comes in, and um, she's she's at the door. And she says, hey, daddy, I need two books. I need two books. Um, I'm like, OK, cool. The books over there, whatever. She's like, I, I need two books for my teacher and my librarian at school. And I'm like, OK, you know, let's take the books. And she's wrote this nice little envelope. And and she she uh, she goes and she takes the books, put them in her backpack, gives them to her librarian, gives it to her teacher. The first letter I get back is from the teacher. Right. And the teacher says, um, thank you for my book. I'm going to give it to my son because he's in the process of buying a house. I think he would find value. The second letter came from the librarian and the librarian essentially said that um, Camilla was so proud that there was an author in her family and she was so excited that her dad uh, wrote that we could in our, in our library and everything just came full circle for me at that point. Right. Um, that Dang. my that, that oh. my my eight year old my yeah eight, my eight year old was proud of me right um, and it's like you did something to inspire and then you know from that you know your daughter did something to inspire you you know um, and that and like I said there's so many things that you get out of things that you do if you're not intentionally trying to do it for yourself yeah you know? it was, uh, 
Yeah, it was. And, you know, um, I just said, you know, my last words, um, you know, take a chance on yourself. Right. If you know that this is something that you're purposeful and passionate about, take a chance on yourself. You deserve it. Life is too short. Um, if you fail, you're at the exact same place you were when you started. That's OK. Yeah. Um, and then for the people who are in the business, um, find a way to connect what you do to the greater good. Doesn't mean that you need necessarily and, and give your money away or give all your time away. But there is a mentor. There is someone who's coming up behind advice to write that you're doing business with. Um, and then um, partner. Um, if you are in a position where you want to go to the next level, you know, start to be intentional about the relationships that you have. Um, yeah. And you are one partnership away from breaking through to the next level that you want to be at. Wow. No, that's awesome. Awesome, Alan. I, I don't want to end this. I want to know about the most expensive. You tell me about these Airbnb. That fast. I need to know what what is this? You know, you go from buying, you, you know, you go from buying house to saying, oh, I got, a, you know, a, Apartment building now turn to Airbnbs. Honestly, didn't know what I didn't know. I, I knew that I needed a I needed to find funding because I didn't have all the money to buy it at mm -hmm. once. I knew I needed to find a bank and I knew I needed to find a partner because I didn't have time to do the renovations that were necessary. So my partner, who I told you about earlier, um, was the person that we ended up partnering with because he mm -hmm. he he owned investment real estate and renovated investment real estate like we did. Um, right. And um, I remember the month I sent I sent a bunch of letters out to targeted places that we wanted to buy. And I remember someone calling me and she was basically like, hey, you know, I you know, you're not going to get what you what you what you're looking for with the letter that looks like this. Right. Because it was handwritten. It was different. It wasn't I, I guess she was a big institution, um, but she took the time to tell me that my letter was whack, basically. Um, <laughs> But the next call we got was from someone who was interested in selling the building. Wow. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> wow. Wow. So, so what's whack for someone, it may not be maybe an opportunity for someone to sell a building. Exactly. To exactly. Um, so we uh, we ended up going in and we ended up gutting the buildings. Um, I remember just having the idea because we everywhere we go, we stay in Airbnbs, whether we're going to you know, the islands or like 90% of the time we're staying in Airbnb. Airbnb so we we yeah. tested the market. So, you know, we, uh, we, we, we took a chance on the product. We did a really, really nice renovation. Um, through the renovation, we ended up meeting the building owner next door and ended up buying that building as well. Oh, gosh. Right? So being, <laughs> present, being present and on site, like had we not been on present, 
had we not been good neighbors, had yeah. we not been the type of, you know, had we, you know, walked around with like our, like our, like our, our butts didn't stink, we probably right. wouldn't have had the opportunity. So right. that neighbor was literally, no lie, he was watching us as we were renovating the building and came to us one day and sold us the building. Um, so wow. we ended up with eight Airbnbs throughout COVID. Uh, we've been at above 90% occupancy, which is awesome. great. Um, we've got uh, two more buildings that are under contract that we'll go to settlement on before the end of the year. And that also in Arlington, or is that another market? Yeah, Arlington. Arlington. Um, that's a yeah. area, man. Who else do you to get into that market, man? Like, you know, that's not light. I don't take that light as a somebody that's in real estate and construction and development. You know, Arlington is one of those areas, man. You know, very expensive entry uh, to those markets in those areas. So, all yeah, yeah. It was, but a partnership, right? I, you know, right. I didn't have the money all on my own, right? I, I needed right. to partner with someone. Um, and we always talk about raising capital, right? In businesses, well, raising capital is about raising relationship. Wow. Raising capital is about raising relationships. Yep. Yep. It's about raising relationships. So the next two buildings, like it was, it, honestly, it was, we had already we already knew what we were doing. We knew our concept. The bank that we that we got our funding through knew our concept. They've been seeing us for a while. The funny thing is the bank that so I was introduced to the bank on a different deal that didn't end up working out. Right. Okay. And I just I always have have tried to remember that relationships are worth cultivating. And mm -hmm. even though I didn't have a deal. I knew that I needed to cultivate the relationship. So what ended up happening was that person who was a sales, who was a um, who was a branch salesperson. By the time I was ready for my next deal, was a VP at the bank. Wow! Right. But so, how did you cultivate that relationship? I'm just interested to know that more. Is it is it is it just calling randomly here and there? Is it popping up? Is it sending an email? Like, how did you do that? I'm just interested to know a little bit more about that. I referred him business. Ah. So what's better than that? <laughs> but before I even went to do business with him, I referred him people that were doing business with him. Right. And being in real estate, my job is to know people, to know what's going on, to kind of be able to connect those people. So before I did a deal with him, I'd already referred four deals to him. Right. So when he went to the committee and talked to the committee, not only were my finances in line, but the relation, they could see the fruit of my relationship. And when you when you're going to work with you know these these smaller community banks, relationships for them are everything. So right. you know just just I think the the best thing that you can do if you want to build a relationship with someone who owns a business is to figure out how you can help them. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Laser on. How can you help the business if you deem that that's is a business or a partnership that's viable for you? How can you provide them value before you ask them for anything? Yep. I love that. I love that. Alan, this has been amazing. <laughs> I'm glad we just got to just talk, man. It, you know, not all the time that brothers just get to just have a conversation. This platform, is, this is why we created it, just to have that conversation that all the barriers come down and it's just a one-on-one -on -one dialogue. And how can we learn from each other? How can we take this conversation? and help somebody else, you know. I learned a lot as an up-and-coming developer, um, as somebody that inspired to sell hundreds, hundreds of million dollars in real estate. I, I've learned a lot, and I just wanted to, you know, thank you 
on behalf of me, Blackman Ventures, uh, for taking your time to talk to us today. No. Um, tell me, tell me, what's your handles? Where, where, where can we find you? And um, your book, and put your book up one more time. Yeah, yeah. So uh, it's on Amazon. Fifty things your real estate agent should tell you, but probably won't. Fifty things your real estate agent should tell you, but probably won't. Um, you can go on Amazon and buy it. All the proceeds go to our nonprofit, Be a Blessing Foundation. Hundred percent of the proceeds go there. Um, you can catch us. We were just featured on HGTV House Hunters. Okay. Um, so you can catch us uh, on 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 your on demand. Um, is that you and your wife, or you and your wife, or is like your real your realty team, or? Yeah, yeah. So we ended up having two members of our real estate team. Me and another agent on our team were on there. Um, okay. which we just debuted probably about five weeks ago. Okay. Um, so um, I think the title is "Be My Agent." Be, no, be my husband, not my agent. Be my husband, <laughs> not my agent. So I'm, I'm not going to tell you what the episode was about. It was a really dope episode. It was so dope okay. that we are recording another one. Okay. Um, that would be cool. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So we do that. Um, you know, I'm on Facebook. I think, uh, you know, uh, Um, and really quick before I leave, man, I just think I want to give someone some some people a little bit more tangible, some things yeah. I'm thinking about here, if you don't mind. Um, I want to talk a little bit about leadership, right? And you know, when, when I say that that I've I've sold a hundred million dollars worth of real estate, I didn't sell real a hundred thousand dollars, a hundred million dollars worth of real estate on my own. It was a group. My wife we uh we lead a uh, um, a 10 member team um most of our team looks like us which is awesome um and we sell homes throughout the dmv throughout dc maryland and virginia um and and being a leader is different than being a business owner right mm, so okay. i had to become a better leader mm. and that was independent of being a better business owner Right. So as people are starting to build your skill set, if you are going to build a business that is going to involve people, not only do you have to understand part of your business that can take you to the next level. So don't yeah. don't think that those by development with the business. And how you presented his development as a book that is separate. It is. Wow. It's very different. Um, wow. you know, I do know, you know, and, and, and just looking at business owners and know that, you know, it seems like you as an individual or your business will never grow above who you are. Right. So you have to continue to explore and grow and look at different ways to present, um, become a better leader. You definitely have to do those things if you think that your business or if you have a desire for your business to grow. So I 100 percent agree to that. I want to learn more about why you feel like that they are different, though, as far as being a good business leader. I mean, good being a good business owner, being a because they're getting on 
I'm getting on the phone. Right. Yeah. Able to cope and having to do that. Right. In different personalities, different seasons of their life. And what works for one person doesn't yep. work for the other. Yep. Totally different. Right. So I think that the best way for those business owners out there that are, you know, solopreneurs, right. That, you know, and I was a solo. Coaching and all that good stuff is there. Uh, Colin Powell's book and what their temperament is and how operate around people here is for me to do it affirmations of reading something of um you know how that kind of will depict what you see and what you do in your life so it's very good man um i i, I must say i have to agree i think that uh, if we don't separate the business owner, successful business owner, and what those traits look like, and we attach the business leader, we don't put enough emphasis on leading. We just put the emphasis on, is our business growing or is our business winning? And winning doesn't necessarily mean that, you know, your team is happy or you have a successful environment. It doesn't necessarily mean all of those things. So. so many houses yeah right i can only I, yeah. I'm, I'm capped by my time i'm capped i you know just what i can do there's only you only got two hands two feet <laughs> but if i can lead 10 hands right doing and, and evolving and being a great team and interject and be the type of leader that they need to be at their next level then inherently i am going to be able to uh our business is going to be able to produce more absolutely Absolutely. Leadership first. <laughs> Leadership first. Um, I'll make sure I put all the tags on the video. Uh, until uh, thank you on behalf of Black Men Ventures and uh, Jonathan King. Last words. Yeah, uh, you guys out there watching this, especially you business owners, um, think about uh, think about donating to Black Men Ventures. Um, it is it is it is a wonderful wonderful organization. Um, you know, have the time. Um, maybe you got an extra couple hundred bucks that you can interject and in, inject into what they're doing. And if you don't have, interject your time and your you know, if you found value in Black Men Ventures, then make sure that you put value back into it. Appreciate that, man. 100%. Thank you so much, Alan. And until next time, brother, we'll talk to you later. All right, man. Peace. Peace.